0: Welcome to Brookings First United Methodist Church and our podcast, Messages from First United Methodist Brookings. This podcast is an audio version of Pastor Pete Grasshouse's sermons from the First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. You can watch the full services online anytime on our website at brookingsmethodist.org or at the link in the episode notes. On behalf of Pastor Pete and our entire church family, Thank you for joining us.
1: I have a scripture passage for us. I am so grateful to Pastor Jen Tyler of Watertown for providing the devotion over the past two weeks. She began our teaching series where we're looking at some of the familiar stories from the book of Genesis, Genesis, which is the foundations to our faith which offers us many, many familiar stories. I'm inviting us to revisit those stories and perhaps to reflect on them as adults to get beyond that Sunday school experience that many of us carry with us. So our story today, a story of Noah and the ark and the flood. I read from Genesis chapter 6, pick up at verse 5 and go through to verse 22. Genesis 6 from verse 5. The Lord saw how bad the people on earth were, that everything they thought and planned was evil and was sorry that he had made them. And he said, I'll destroy every living creature on earth. I will wipe out people, animals, birds and reptiles. I'm sorry I ever made them. But the Lord was pleased with Noah And this is the story about him. Noah was the only person who lived right and obeyed God. He had three sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth. God knew that everyone was terribly cruel and violent, so he told Noah. Cruelty and violence have spread everywhere. Now I'm going to destroy the whole earth and all its people. Get some good lumber, and build a boat. Put rooms in it, cover it with tar, inside and out. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Build a roof on the boat and leave a space of about 18 inches between the roof and the sides. Make the boat three stories high and put a door on one side. I'm going to send a flood that will destroy everything that breathes. Nothing will be left alive. But I solemnly promise that you, your wife, your sons, your daughters-in-law will be kept safe in the boat. Bring into the, bring into the boat with you a male and a female of every kind of animal and bird, as well as a male and a female of every reptile. I don't want them to be destroyed. Store up enough food, both for yourself and for them. And Noah did everything the Lord told him to do. Just so far. Such a familiar story. It's a story that transcends our Christian faith. It's a story found in Jewish faith, a story found in Islam A story found in common culture beyond a particular faith. I certainly grew up with the story. I learned it in Sunday school. I played the part of one of Noah's sons in a high school play. I've sung songs about the animals going in two by two. And as a new young preacher, I used this in sermons, warning people to give their lives to Jesus before the judgment of God causes them to drown. And then, for years, I avoided the story. Because, if I'm really honest, it's a story that asks us to suspend belief. Let me, let me unpack it a little. According to Genesis, the ark was 450 feet by 75 feet and was 45 feet high. Taller than a three-story building. The deck was the size of 36 tennis courts. And Noah was to collect two of every kind of species on earth, which, based on research today, would have meant roughly 1.5 million species of life. And Noah was to feed them and find food for them when they came off the ark. The mind boggles at the impossibility of such a task the impossibility of this size boat containing so many different species and, and in addition to the practicalities of such a story it is a very very uncomfortable story theologically it is the story of God regretting the creation of human beings and choosing to drown every living being on the planet, except for one family, and for two of each animal, and in some cases, if you read closely, seven pairs of some that have been declared clean. This story carries within it unimaginable cruelty, that men, women, and children, and all the animals of the earth, were deliberately drowned by God. What kind of monstrous being would do such a thing? Unless, unless we were never meant to read the story as a literal historical event that took place somewhere in the Middle East. We were never meant to go searching for the actual ark or trying to build an actual ark. Today, I'm inviting you to bear with me. And for us to think about the story with new eyes. If you can possibly get beyond the Sunday school story and reflect on this spiritually. It's only very recently in our religious history that Christians began to read this as a literal story about a cruel God who wipes out all of life. And who began again with the family of Noah. I'm inviting us to listen to the story in the way that the ancient Jewish rabbis and teachers used it, as a parable intended to give the people of God hope. You see, this story of Noah is a parable. It came into being when the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon, they found themselves slaves of a foreign power, living under the heel of people who worshipped a god called Marduk, a violent god of war. The Jewish people were unable to worship the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and everywhere they looked, they saw wickedness and violence. And they borrowed from a Sumerian flood story that was freely available at the time, to reflect on the disaster that had overcome them as the people of God. And so they tell a story of great wickedness on the face of the earth. Genesis 6.5, The Lord saw how bad the people on earth were, that everything they thought and planned was evil. Genesis 6.11, God knew that everyone was terribly cruel and violent. Or 613 cruelty and violence have spread everywhere. This is the world that the children of God found themselves in. As they looked around Babylon, they saw the cruelty and the violence of their oppressors. And they tell a story, a story that has God speaking of a world filled with cruelty and violence they then spoke of their faith in a god who opposed wickedness and violence and who rescued those who remained faithful and their place of safety would be a boat with specific dimensions if you measure it out a square box of the same measurements as the first temple in jerusalem and for them, the meaning was quite clear. You would be kept safe when you held on to the worship of God that was learned in the temple of Jerusalem. Or in the words of the Noah story, Genesis six eighteen, God says, I solemnly promise that you, your wife, your sons, your daughters-in-law will be kept safe in the boat. A temple-shaped boat. A boat designed to remind people of the life of the temple. A story that expressed the hope that God might begin again with people who remained obedient. And this story gave them hope to keep holding on to their faith through the storms of life. Even if that storm lasted as long as 40 days and 40 nights or 40 months or 40 years. The children of Israel believed God could carry them safely through the storm, and history proved that. Fifty years later, the children of Israel returned to their homeland, and they rebuild the temple, and they worship God in the temple, and tell the story of God who rescued them from the terrible storm that threatened to drown the nation. A story we hear today as the story of Noah, and his family so hear me when I say to us this is a true story a true story if we are willing to listen with a faith that believes the stories of the Bible can come alive in every generation we are not merely looking at for some historical fact we are discovering the truths of God that can come alive today you see Here is the truth of Noah. When we look around and see great wickedness and violence in our world, we do not lose hope. When we see people who laugh at the idea of God's guidance, we do not lose hope. When we feel as if the anger and the spitefulness and the unkindness of our times threaten to drown out goodness and love, we do not lose hope. Even if all our neighbors call us foolish for trusting God, we will hold on to the story of Noah. We will keep holding to our faith in God because we know that God will carry us through the storms of our lives. We will not be overcome by the floodwaters of our times. And God will continue to raise up renewed people who walk in the way of the Lord.
0: Thank you for listening to this message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can always find more information about our services and outreach on our website at BrookingsMethodist.org and on our Facebook page at Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of Pastor Pete, and all of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 936719, streaming plus license number 21039161. 39161 Visit BrookingsMethodist.org for more information.